a lot of advisors are having two-dimensional conversations with their client. This is a three-dimensional conversation. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think clients pay us to listen. They pay us to ask the right questions. They pay us for our creativity. And it's not to just be a product sales. Welcome to the Next Level Advisor. For this week's episode, Jason Borek is joined by Chris Puffer, a well-established financial advisor from Louisville, whose unique approach to tax diversification has created unparalleled opportunities in his practice. Hear how he does it, as well as how he and his team have acclimated to a virtual environment. Really where I want to start with this conversation, Chris, is to really talk about some of the economic drivers that you see here in this new economy. I know you have a significant practice dealing in the investment management side and you, you do a ton of planning, but, but I always like to hear from advisors like you that are really keen to what's happening in the markets and what's happening in the economy. So can you give me some insight as to what you're seeing as some of the economic drivers in this, in this new economy? There is no question there are some tremendously big forces now moving the economy. When the words, you know, a worldwide pandemic struck, the experts had no clue, Jason, they have no clue where we were going in the market. So what happened was we saw indiscriminate selling. People didn't care what they were selling. They just sold everything. So we had this huge drop in the market. Well, what happened was, just like on a roller coaster, you hit the bottom of the hill and then you start the twists and turns, right? So after you pick up the speed, all the twists and turns start happening. And so I've been telling folks, it's not that we're completely out of the, you know, off this roller coaster. There's going to be some more twists and some turns. Sometimes you're going to want to throw your hands up in the air. Some people are going to get motion sickness over this. But what's happening is, is we've got huge forces in the market that are pushing the market. And depending on what the news cycle is or what the, the push is, is depending on where we're going to end up, all right? So ultimately, like every other roller coaster ride we've ever been on, you end up back safe. You feel like you can take your seatbelt back off and get out and take a deep breath. But this scenario is, you know, we had the Federal Reserve that, I mean, they are dumping in almost unprecedented amounts of money. JP Morgan says that by the end of 2023, our debt to GDP level will be equal to what it was coming out of World War II. Now think about that. The U.S. basically funded 70% of World War II from the Allies' expense. And we are going to spend 70% you know, that same equivalent dollar from debt to GDP level as we did coming out of World War II. So it's going to be huge. So there's no question that that the Federal Reserve, that, that, that the IRS, they're going to have to come up with new tax uh, ways to, 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 to new ways to, to, to raise tax money, new ways to, to fund this. The world debt level is incredible. So you're going to have higher taxes. And who are they going to tax? I mean, they're going to tax the wealthy. They're going to tax the rich. They're going to tax, more importantly, the income. And I think that is really, really critical. Is not so much are they taxing gain; they are taxing income. Mm -hmm. And so you're gonna, we're gonna have to be very intelligent as we plan with our clients. How do we help, especially the successful entrepreneurs? 
the successful clients who are not yet at retirement, how do we help them plan to draw as much income in retirement on a tax-free or a reduced tax basis? Mm -hmm. And and it is not going to be drawn out of your IRA or pension. And so we're dealing a lot with entrepreneurs these days about how do we change that? How do we, what do we do from a tax standpoint to help them figure out how to build wealth in a tax efficient manner? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, what I heard a couple of things, you know, out of that, which is first and foremost, talk to your clients, because like you said, you have these forces that are pressing down on the markets. The conversation isn't about performance, market performance, right? The conversation is really about intelligent thinking. This goes back to you. You use a phrase called intelligent financial thinking, which I, I, I steal all the time. I just want you to be prepared. So I'm going to give you the, I, I do give you the credit for it, but I utilize it across all of our distribution. I love that discussion, intelligent financial thinking, because essentially that's what an advisor, a great advisor is doing, right? It's the creativity that comes to this discussion. Of course, look, we, we, we can't hide from what's happening in the environment. You, you, you definitely can't hide from that. Right. But what we can do and what, and what you, you, you're sharing with us here is that, is that we can think intelligently about how to plan and how to stay ahead of these circumstances for our clients. Maybe you can speak to a little bit of the genesis around that intelligent financial thinking and some of the ways that you're expressing that with your clients. I had an early mentor of mine that said, you have to be able to dollarize your value to a client. And what he was saying is, is if you're going to sit in front of a client and you're going to ask them to pay you a fee to do financial planning, you have to be able to show them value in a dollarized manner. You have to be able to, to, to truly show your value. And so I've spent a long time trying to figure out, you know, how, did, how do I dollarize what I do for a client? And ultimately, at the end of the day, I think clients pay us for a couple of things. They pay us to listen. They pay us to be intelligent. They pay us to ask the right questions. They pay us for our creativity, right? And, it, and it's not to just be a product salesman. And so I spend a lot of time focusing on that intelligent financial thinking. That's what they do. Sometimes the most intelligent guy in the room is the guy who is just smart enough to ask the next question. When I talk about doing intelligent financial thinking, I talk about doing the creative thought process around gathering all the data from the different sources I can come up with and then picking and choosing the pieces that I think fit and not so much always fit my message, but fit the client. And so I had a, I had a great, I was going to read you this. I had a, I had a client send me this the other day. And he called me, this is like the third or fourth conversation we've had in the last month about, he's just scared to death about the markets or he's got stuff. And he says, Chris, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I hope my anxiety doesn't wear you down too much. You know, he said, it's just so, such a scary scenario to figure out the right direction. I appreciate, you know, you're looking into everyone's best interest. You know, and so it, it, it's a matter of he's just going back and saying, I really appreciate the fact that that you're going to give me your opinion and then step back and let me make a decision. And so that's one of the things when I talk a lot of times to entrepreneurs 
And it's part of what I think is my biggest success sometimes with entrepreneurs is I will tell entrepreneurs that I think it is my job to educate them on the opportunities, the risks, the concerns, but ultimately step back and let them make a decision. You know, the interesting part to me, I've been having a lot of these conversations. You know, all the strategic partnerships. We, we have that uh, CPA firm called Mueller Prost that uh, I was talking to Doug Mueller, the founder of the firm, and even my personal CPA uh, here in, in Jacksonville, uh, in uh, Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, was talking to me about this very issue, the, the idea that these deficits are insurmountable, right? So the government is going to be looking for revenue and places to raise revenue in every possible area, which brings us back to this discussion um, and, and really kind of put it in the context of intelligent financial thinking because it really is focused on, on taxes, right? And you have this process that you call the tax triangle that you've developed. And this is part of what I really want to get everybody to understand. This is the kind of thing that we want to expose to all of our distribution, this type of a process, because I think that's what a lot of advisors are missing. They know that it's a conversation they should be having. They don't have the process to engage. So maybe you can spend some time talking about this idea behind the tax triangle. So the way our tax triangle works is we talk to clients about there are three major ways that people can invest money here in the United States from a tax standpoint. There's non-qualified investments. Folks understand what non-qualified investments are. That is your checking account, your savings account, your brokerage account, your house your cars, collectibles, anything that you take your hard-earned money after you've paid taxes in and you buy. You buy and you invest in it and you, you earn money off of it or you lose money off of it. And so as these things generate income, as they generate dividends or interest, you would pay taxes on them each year. You get a 1099 and you pay taxes on it. And then when you sell it, there's either long-term or short-term capital gain. No question that right now is a time that you should be looking at capturing some gains and offsetting losses. If you have long-term losses, you have long-term gains, those things can offset and you can shift your portfolio and be very efficient with it. And there's a lot of advisors, especially investment advisors, that understand this and are good at it, right? The second type of money is qualified money. And qualified money is money that you put in pre-tax. So you get a tax deduction or you put it in pre-tax out of your um, your paycheck, all right? So your 401k, your 403b, your 457 plans, your traditional IRAs, your simple IRAs, a SEP, even a pension plan from a company. All of those are dollars that you put in pre-tax or the company puts in pre-tax for you. While they're in there, they grow. They grow tax deferred, but they are qualified meaning the IRS puts qualifications on it. They're saying there are certain limits to how much you can put in it, and there are certain limits to when you can get back to it or when you have to start getting back to it, okay? So, for example, you can't get back without a penalty to your qualified money prior to age 59 and a half, okay? You have to start pulling out now at age 72 a required minimum distribution. We have many clients that have put money in. They don't really need these dollars. They've got Social Security. They've got uh, other assets. They've got 
pension income. They've got paid down the bills. The house is paid off. The cars are paid off. They don't have near as high of a lifestyle, but yet they've got these qualified dollars that have to come out, right? The interesting thing about the way the dollars come out of qualified money is they come out as ordinary income, okay? So think about what happens with ordinary income. Everything is affected from your ordinary income. How much you pay in your Medicare costs. Do you know that the lowest Medicare bill for a couple is $170 a person? As your income goes up, you can pay as high as $470 per person for Medicare costs. So that's 940 bucks a month, almost $1,000 a month you would pay in Medicare costs versus $340. So you could pay an extra $600 a month in Medicare costs simply because you have a You've done too good of a job saving in retirement. So we talk to our clients about the third bucket. The third bucket of money is what we call the restricted bucket. And the reason I call it the restricted bucket is because if it wasn't restricted, the wealthy would put all of their money in it. It is the bucket of money that goes in post-tax. So it's after-tax money. But while it's in there, that money grows tax-free, not tax-deferred, but actually tax-free. And as long as you follow the restrictions, you can pull this money back out tax-free or pass it onto your heirs tax-free. Those are things like the Roth IRA, uh, healthcare savings account, long-term care insurance. People don't think much about long-term care, but long-term care, you pay your premiums with after-tax dollars, but if you have a long-term care need, that benefit comes back out tax-free. It's things like the 529 plan for kids' colleges or for higher education costs. And then, of course, it's life insurance. And the cash value inside life insurance is a real hidden gem for the wealthy. If you look at the way wealthy build wealth, they have for centuries understood and used life insurance. Every single Fortune 500 company you know, on the, on the planet that has a, an executive deferred comp plan, they fund it with life insurance. The reason they do it is because the cost structure and the benefit structure of how that is done is actually can be the most efficient way of putting dollars in. You know what I love about this, Chris, is that it's, it's really diversification magnified, right? I mean, we're talking about diversification with regard to investment choices here, but more importantly, we're talking about diversification with regard to tax treatment. And that piece of it is like, that's the part where it's almost like, you know, a lot of advisors are having two-dimensional conversations with their client. This is a three-dimensional, this, this is a 3D conversation because we're talking about diversification with regard to investment choices, but also the tax treatment. And there's no question when CPAs are communicating with me and they're saying to me that clients need to be looking at creating this bucket where there is a tax-free stream because of the deficits and the direction we're going. And look, forget your, you know, this is not a, a political discussion by any means, but at the end of the day, what you have to recognize is that when you get in the neighborhood of 25, 30, $35 trillion, th there is no real definitive way to pay that back, right? This is a situation where the income tax rates are going to be on the table. You know that it's going to happen. It's intelligent financial thinking for a client to be looking at that, especially because we know retirement income is a primary concern. I mean, this is a direction that advisors got to be guiding their clients to this place. 
this is a conversation that you've been having for 25 years. You've been taking clients down this pathway. The partnership capability here is really, really important. I know that you've got more split rep codes than anybody on the planet, and you do most of your work in this environment. I do think that this is an environment where being a generalist doesn't work. You know, and if your expertise, for example, is in the area of kind of investment management and you're looking at, you know, making kind of the decisions as far as where investments go, but you don't have, you haven't worked in this space, this is the perfect time to engage somebody like you. Maybe just speak a little bit about that, Chris, about what that looks like for you and your practice and how you built the practice in partnership with other financial advisors. I really came into this business with partners. I came in and I was, I was really blessed. And, and having a great mentor when I got into this business. And, and I spent my entire first year in this business splitting every single case I had with this mentor. So I literally took every single case I could come up with and he and I worked it. And the reason we did that was I figured out very quickly that I could close much larger cases and with much more confidence with him beside me than I could do on my own. And so 50% of a really big case is way better than 100% of a really small case or you know, 100% of nothing. And so I learned the language, I learned the craft from him. And I have 16 or 17 different split codes. And it's because I do a lot of work with, with reps and they bring me in to help them polish things or help them close the case, help them have the conversation. Using language and learning from someone who has closed these cases, being in shoulder to shoulder with somebody who knows what they're doing and how to make that one or two comments at the right time during a meeting, make that one or two you know, pieces of knowledge, know how to build uh, an illustration that, that really matches your client can be the critical thing that helps close the case. And I think that is why I love the art of joint work so much, is you get to truly collaborate and run the ideas by each other, build the case, do what's in the right interest for the client, and then ultimately everybody gets paid off the deal. You know, and, and that's key. I mean, it's, it's key for all of us as we engage these conversations, especially in this environment, because things in the world that we are living in today look radically different than any of us expected it was going to look on January 1st. If anything, the ability for us to collaborate has gotten exponentially greater. Thousand percent correct. It's funny. I talked with another advisor who's a member of the board of uh, the lead advisor platform along with you, George Thompson, out in California. And yeah. George was saying that in this environment specifically, what's so interesting is that when he's doing events, you know, rather than having 50 or 60 people at the event, he's having 180 people at the event because he ends up having generations, families, generations come in this virtual environment. So whereas Absolutely. he's in LA, he might have been meeting with a client local in L.A. Well, now their parents who are in Arkansas are being a part of this discussion as well because they can chime in. And you're right. What better way to engage in a partnership right now? Because we are all kind of having this virtual discussion. And, you know, I don't know what you're experiencing. It'd be interesting to get your feedback here. But what we've heard 
you know, in my conversations with the leadership of the independent broker dealers and some of the other conversations with advisors we're having, the concern was, look, we're in this virtual environment. We're in this technology arena. You know, the the folks that are over 60, you know, 65, they're going to be uncomfortable in this environment. And then what we found out is all of them are communicating with their grandkids like this. They've all been locked down and they've all gotten really comfortable with it. I mean, actually, they're saying it's better. It's more efficient. I'd rather work like this. I don't want to have to hop in the car and take a couple hours and drive over to the office. And I'd rather communicate with you this way. Are you experiencing that, too? I had a meeting earlier today with an 83-year-old lady at her, you know, her house, and, and we shared the screen and went through everything, and she loved it. And because she has got, got a little bit of trouble getting around, and so, yes, for her to get in and to drive over to the office and come to the office, it's work. So she actually said that she is really, really loving it. The, the best idea I've heard came out of a different lady who is 89 years old. She lives in a condo community. One of the ladies in the, in the community came up with this idea, and they go out on their balcony or out on their porch every day at noon and wave to each other and have conversations. And they've all started exchanging Zoom inter- information with each other. And they do, they do these chat rooms and they do Zoom. And and my kids FaceTime my in-laws and my parents literally every day. Today, I've got a call with a guy out in Colorado. So I had to get licensed out in Colorado. But yeah, we literally can work around the world now, still have that connection. That's really where we're going to have to engage and build out platforms that allow us to do that in an efficient way. And for folks around the country to have access to somebody with your background and expertise, I think it's just, it's just really a tremendous opportunity. And it's a tremendous opportunity for us to build those kind of partnerships. And the truth is, this business is a lot more fun when we're doing it together. You know what I mean? I think a lot of advisors, and I think this is where Pinnacle can really set themselves apart as a partner for for advisors, is your ability to help advisors market themselves in this electronic world. It's going to be huge. It's going to be critical that, that you can get your electronic footprint out there in a classy, organized, manageable way and, and realize that you've got a, a team behind you that can do that stuff. So, so I, it's, it's a huge part of what drew me to Pinnacle and it's a huge part of what will keep me at Pinnacle. Awesome. Well, Chris, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up with this one question. Yep. You know, I'm going to ask you to kind of dig into uh, the archives there and think about using your most intelligent financial thinking. What, what would you say right now would be one of the most, one of the most useful things advisors should be discussing with their clients in this environment? Just one thing repositioning assets from a tax standpoint, doing tax diversification, using losses to move dollars into the restricted buckets, or looking at your tax bracket versus your children's tax brackets and moving dollars from traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs looking at ways that you can start managing your tax situation as much as you are managing how much you have in equities versus bonds versus cash. So managing your tax situation is going to be increasingly critical moving forward. Well, there you have it. And Chris, let me tell you, thank you so much. This is really from one of of the best 
uh, in the industry and the opportunity to sit here and have this conversation with you is always, you know, number one, humbling and also, you know, really, really welcome.